Hello and welcome to Theoretically Theatrical. In this series, we peek behind the curtain and explore the world of performance. Today, we're taking a look at the role that creative arts can play in community support. It is not a stretch to say that most performers love to entertain people. They get a sense of fulfilment from putting on a show and taking audiences on an emotional journey. Feeling like we've improved someone's evening, while it is by no means the only motivation for a performer, is arguably a community-minded one. For many, this desire to have a positive impact goes further. Since time in memoriam, artists have tried to use their skills to champion causes, raise money, and make tangible differences in people's lives. How can I help? is something most of us will ask at some point. There are many ways that people working in cultural fields can positively impact their communities. We're going to look at some examples that demonstrate the fantastic things that creative collaboration can achieve. Many artists want to reach out to help people in at-risk groups. These can include people experiencing or at risk of homelessness, those at risk of domestic abuse or gender-based violence, people living with chronic health conditions and those suffering from addiction issues. The arts can be used to raise awareness of these issues, empowering the groups experiencing them and work to change social attitudes. Arts practitioners can reach out to these communities through workshops and projects and teach skills that can facilitate a route to employment. These skills can also be used to empower and uplift voices from underrepresented communities. Artists can also collaborate creatively with specialised organisations that have knowledge and experience of how to reach vulnerable groups. By working with and centering their experiences and values, we can create long-term change that will encourage participants to see their own potential. Our first example is Streetwise Opera, a charity that produces and stages operas with people experiencing homelessness. The three pillars of their organisation are regularity, ambition and respect. The initial project began in 2000 at The Passage Night Shelter. A statement that a politician had made to a newspaper was read aloud one evening. The homeless are the people you step over coming out of the opera house. The response to this dehumanising comment was, Why do people always look down on us? We're more than people think we are. If we were in an opera, it would change people's minds about homeless people. Matt Peacock, at the time a support worker and editor for Opera Now, coordinated the production of The Little Prince. He found the theatre space, band, choreographer and all the other things that seemed out of reach for the community. After listening to what aspects of the show the volunteers from the homeless shelters wanted to be involved in, he set up ten weeks of design workshops. The volunteers learned to make and work with props, costumes and developed the skills necessary for a stage crew. After the success of the first show, Streetwise set up and continues to run music workshops on a weekly basis. The volunteers reported back many positive experiences from the show. Most felt that their confidence was boosted and had pride in their achievements. Some said that this was the first time that they and their work had been congratulated. Creativity and performance are repeatedly shown to be helpful and important tools in developing new skills. In a safe environment, people learn ways to communicate their experiences 
and that they can make choices for themselves. Participants describe feeling that while many things had been taken from them, they still had their creativity and skill. This experience helped them visualise how they could use these to change their lives in the future. Being a part of a theatrical production can help to alleviate the social isolation that many homeless people experience. It becomes a part of their support structure and an important method of reconnecting with a community. One participant felt that by singing together, they felt less alone. There were positive things to plan for in the future and projects to look forward to. There was the feeling that every person's opinion and ideas were listened to and that they were all valued members of the production. These projects blur the lines between the charity givers and receivers. Collaboration is a key aspect to the charity's work. These activities are not something that is being imposed on the participants. They are things that they actively choose to put their energy and creativity into. By producing and devising an opera, they create a new power dynamic and are able to demonstrate to themselves and others that they are capable and creative people. Matt feels that it is important to keep continuity for the volunteers and to use the momentum of the performance productively. The legacy of each show is vitally important and can be used to artistically challenge assumptions that society holds about homeless people and about who is allowed to make artwork. The group has since expanded its scope through their international project with one voice. It has helped homeless organisations around the world amplify their voices through their creativity. Matt believes that by bringing these diverse communities together and sharing ideas, they will be able to collectively facilitate cultural change. They champion the cause that opera is for everyone and that the art form is enriched by including people from many walks of life. In our second example, Jennifer Campbell-Kirk worked with a drama therapy group for survivors of domestic abuse. During the sessions, the room was divided into two spaces. The first was the talking space, where the first part of the session was held, and then, when the group felt more comfortable, they moved into the play space, where they began creating stories, interacting with objects, and participating in role-play. The goal of the group was to develop awareness, encourage emotional growth, strengthen the subject's self-esteem, and improve their relationship to others. Many of the participants felt that they experienced significant positive change. Even though there was no final performance, the group benefited greatly from working together, which shows that a production doesn't have to be the goal for these workshops. Campbell Kirk believes that one of the reasons that drama therapy is effective is because humans are social by nature and need connection. By collaborating creatively, they rehearse the methods of forming connections with those around them. Another area that performance art and the creation of artwork has been shown to be helpful is the management of mental health. It can allow participants to explore subjects and emotions that they might otherwise find difficult to process. These therapies enable participants to achieve personal, organisational and social development. They become agents of change, improve their confidence and self-knowledge, create shared languages with fellow participants and learn to recognise actions and factors that are disordered. Collaboration with other participants and service providers helps them to build bonds, practice trusting each other and sharing their worries in healthy ways. 
It also encourages participants to see issues from other perspectives and facilitates the development of problem-solving skills. This type of engagement with mental health provides an alternative to the current patient-carer dynamic which many people find difficult to work with. By participating in the arts, people can explore their worries in a safe space and facilitators can gain a very direct insight into the participants' values and what they struggle with the most. Our first example is a drama therapy group that was set up for participants with co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse. Joanna Yaniste worked with a group of five participants for 11 sessions. These meetings included improvisation, role play and role reversal. Improvisation enabled participants to distinguish between fantasy and reality and it was hoped that this would be particularly helpful for patients whose childhood was interrupted by drug abuse and illness. Another method utilised objects that the patients placed and grouped. They then chose an object that reminded them of why they started to use drugs in the first place. This allowed them to recognise shared feelings. Once the group got to know each other, the drama therapy moved towards using expressive movement, body sculpting and other drama techniques to link their aims with real-life actions and possibilities. Yanista explained that patients with mental illness and substance dependence can be very difficult to treat with conventional methods, as they find it challenging to engage with treatment. Such people often find it easier to be social with people who have similar experiences and issues. This group work aimed to improve self-awareness of substance use, the ability to identify patterns of behaviour and encouraged hope for recovery. The goal was to empower the patients to make decisions and choices about the direction they wanted their recovery to take. All the patients in the group were motivated to recover before joining and they achieved over half of their goals. Because of this, the group agreed to meet regularly to support each other. Our second example is a drama therapy group made up of a mixture of mental health patients and service providers. In 2011, they produced the interactive play Call for Rescue. It aimed to support the patients' voices and explore their mental health experiences. The project lasted for 20 weeks, in which the group generated ideas and considered ways that the performance could involve the audience in the actions that took place – Through the journey of the main character, the performers explored the ways that those with mental health issues are social actors. The narrative focused on the experience of people with disabilities and the value that they bring to their communities. This case is an excellent example of the way that drama therapy provides a safe space for dialogue and helps participants to create and implement therapeutic changes. It also changes the often alienating power dynamic between healthcare provider and patient. Because the piece was devised collaboratively between staff and patients, it allowed them to share their perspectives. The liminal nature of the theatrical space created an environment that promoted good working practices and opened up new ways of overcoming problems. To me, these cases show that there are so many ways to help and multiple avenues to seek out when you feel like your pool of available options is shrinking. If you want to help your community but don't know where to start, then I hope that these have given you some ideas about where to look. And if you're seeking help but don't feel able to communicate, then I hope that these show that there isn't just one road to recovery.
thank you so much for listening. Our submission window is still open till the 30th of April. We will be accepting original pieces of written work to be performed on the podcast. Whether you're a first-time writer or an expert with a pen, we want to hear from you. We're accepting prose, poetry, radio play scripts, and critical reviews of books, films, or plays. We want to help uplift your creative voice, literally. So have fun and show us what you've got. You can find full details of our submission process on our website, yorickradioproductions.com. There will be a link in the description. This has been a Yorick Radio Production. <laughs>